Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I am Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. As always, we've got a lot to get to because since we've reported, uh, recorded a podcast uh, last on the recruiting front, LSU has landed another 2024 commitment, landing Parkway High School kicker Aaron Burrell. Shay, this is one of the best kickers in the country, right in Louisiana's backyard. He was on campus last weekend and went ahead and made that commitment to the Tigers. Uh, he was also in attendance for the LSU-Alabama game. He's been on campus multiple times. Um, but this is a big land solidifying the future of LSU kicking. A big time. Um, look, you get an in-state kid committed. That's always big. They passed on a kicker in-state last year. The year prior, they had taken Nathan Dibert uh, out of Michigan. Um, that was when Greg McMahon was still on the staff. So first, not a surprise to see them add a kicker. And it wasn't long after John Jancic was named an on-field role, and he's coaching Jack linebackers, but also overseeing special teams, that they went ahead and offered a kicker, offered Burrell, got him to campus with his family this past weekend. He commits. So you make quick work of things there. Uh, and by Coles, and Coles Academy is one of Billy the Big Kicking Academies. Obviously, I think there's two of them, really. Chris Saylor and Cole, I guess, would be the two. Uh, but, um, for instance, Cade York was a Coles kid. Um, he's ranked Burrell as the number two kicker in this class on Coles. I could pull up his stats, but I think like one thing that jumped out at me, he had a few multiple 50 yard kicks and was, you know, I think nearly perfect on extra points, but it was something like 56 of his 57 kickoffs for touchbacks. And I think that's key. So nice addition. Now it's done with, you don't have to worry about kicker and got a couple guys on campus, Dybert and, uh, Damian Ramos, who was the starter last year, battling it out. And then from there, you turn to Burrell. Yeah, we're actually going to drop an interview with Aaron uh, that uh, I did with him. We'll drop that over this weekend, him going in-depth on that decision to play for the Tigers. But uh, he reiterated what you just said. Uh, his strength strengths are, you know, really being able to boot it out of the back of the end zone. His leg strength is something that he's really proud of. Um, and also, uh, he has the ability to kick the ball from 50-plus yards um, and, and really has that strong leg that can kind of change the way you game plan, uh, similar to the way Cade York did when he was at LSU, just that ability to kick it from 50-plus yards, 60-plus, you know, and really take a stab at it. Uh, that can kind of change the way you think about things from a field goal perspective. So I like the land. Obviously, it's not going to bring a ton of flash, but uh, when you have a guy like Aaron Burrell in your backyard and you're looking ahead to the future, it was a nice pickup for LSU. So they continue to build uh, on that 2024 class. Yeah, you. I'll tell a story here before we move on. On I botched this one for, for us, Billy, for the Bengal Tiger, for the fans, for the listeners. Um, so Saturday he was on a visit for Junior Day, and they had practice that day, and then Denbrock spoke with the media. So after practice ends, Denbrock is starting, like goes to talk, right? And then, so everyone's like coming off the practice fields. And then Denbrock gets done and um, I was still writing something. So I was the last person to leave the team room before they brought recruits in. And I'm walking out of the team room back to the parking lot and there were just recruits kind of everywhere. And I saw Frank Wilson and I can't remember who else, but uh, they were talking to some parents and a kid and I didn't see the kid. He was on Frank's other side and he dabbed him up. He's like, Hey, congrats. And I heard that, but, you know, I'm still walking. They were talking, taking photos. I presumed there were a bunch of kids there. I was like, someone got offered. I was like, if someone committed, like there would only be a few guys I'm even on the lookout for. I was like, I'll keep an ear out for it. Well, then he committed like four hours later. And then I saw him post a family photo. Like there was the Frank photo that was posted that I was like, oh, that was him committed. That was right after he committed. And I totally just botched even asked, you know, trying to pry with sources of what was happening. So. I botched it for us. 
Uh, well, look, I mean, you, you did. We were texting a little bit on Saturday. I was celebrating the birthday, but uh, that was one of the names that you know sources said, "Hey, check in with him. Check in with him. Things went really well." So lo and behold, yeah, uh, very yep, under the exactly. radar. When you guys listen, when you guys listen to the interview on on our uh, YouTube channel, uh, you could see he's very, very calm, very collected, um, very low key. So he went ahead and just popped. Yeah. Uh, Billy takes one junior day off to try to celebrate his birthday and says, I say, don't worry, I'll handle it. I'll only walk right by the only commitment as it's happening and not even report about it. Hey, that's all right. I mean, you know, technically we're not supposed to talk to him. I mean, that, well, yes, I broke no rules compliance. Yes. I, I just kept walking. We, uh, it's very rare that you kind of see it going down, so to speak. Um, and Aaron, Aaron told, told me in the interview, he was, he said, um, he knew on Friday, um, but then he told Brian Kelly after practice on on Saturday. Uh, but I can only recall, I, I would have to go back in to the to the uh, archives to try and figure out anyone else. But we captured the moment that Tavion Galloway committed while he was on campus at camp. He had all the LSU t-shirts and they all said Galloway on the back. His whole family was there for it. So it's rare when you see it actually go down, but um you know, it is fun and, and kind of cool to see, you know, the tears were flowing from Tavion's mom uh, that day, too. So we got some pictures of that. Well, we're going sideways. Uh, as you know, I like to stick to the rundown. This was not on the rundown, but hey, look, that's what makes a good pod. I would say the best stuff like that happens at summer camp, right? Like we have pictures of Harlan Berry talking to Frank Wilson and Brian Kelly for the first time. He looks like a little baby at that. But it was only a year ago. He's grown a ton since then. But you would you would think he was like Jalen Coleman. Yeah, he's like the number two running back in the country now. And it was just a kid who was, I don't even know if he was working with the main group and that brought him up and put him in the main group and Brian Kelly and then whatever. And we have some photos of them talking. We're like, oh, well, we got to, who's that kid that Brian Kelly and Frank are talking to? And lo and behold, it was the number two running back in the country for next year. Yep. Never, never a dull moment around summer camp. Summer camp is the best. That, that is uh, one of my favorite times of the year. And it'll be here before we know it. Um, one one player, though, that'll be on campus for summer workouts uh, is Caleb Jackson, the LSU signee or one of two LSU signees at the running back position in the 2023 class. Trey Holly's already on campus going through spring, getting a lot of touches right now. But Caleb Jackson missed pretty much all of his senior year with an injury. And when we spoke around signing day, he said, I am focused and locked in on running track this spring and getting that 100 time back to where I want it. Um, and he's a decorated track guy already. Um, but, Shay, he's been uh, putting on a show out there, especially in the 100 meter. Yeah, this is what you want to see. Caleb Jackson and Trey Hollier, your only two running back additions. And it's a room that really doesn't have a lead back. Like a lot of guys will get carries in the room, and freshmen at running back can often get into that mix, even if it's only a few carries. Jackson, it's like Mason Smith. Um, well, Mason Smith tore his ACL or, you know, messed up his knee, Jackson fractured his ankle. But I think uh, it was his fourth carry of the season in week one. So, like, basically the first series of the game and, boom, fractures his ankle, was trying to come back in November, couldn't. And then you just hope he wasn't an early enrollee. So you're like, man, just get healthy, show up to LSU healthy in the summer. Well, he's been running track all of March into April. Uh, as you noted, some solid 100 times. I think he's got three or four sub-11 second hundreds, which – is very solid for a 215 north of 215 pound, you know, five foot 10 running back. But last night, well, we're recording this Thursday, but a little behind the scenes there. Wednesday, he ran a 10 6 8 at the Brady Perry Invitational. Um, non wind dated, that's his best time. He also has a personal best now of uh, a sub seven second 60 meter, but he's back to what we thought he was, Billy. He's He's the speed back, the one cut, can get upfield and go, running back that you want to have in your room. And when he got injured as a senior, it was a lot of, like, man, he was great as a junior. You wish you could have seen him all senior year. He could look like one of the best running backs in the country. I think on three, Charles, everybody else kept him top 200 range. I think he was like a number 12 running back, which is about where he always was. They didn't move off it because, Billy, they saw what you saw. I mean, you've seen him play in person. When he's healthy, he is as good of a running back as there is out there in terms of kind of top 10 guys in a class. Yeah, I love what Caleb Jackson's going to bring to LSU. You know, I mean, it's never a sure thing. It's a position that, you know, these guys can get banged up. They can, you know, be impacted in ways like that. But 
Caleb Jackson has that one cut ability that, you know, people really like. Um, he's not necessarily the shiftiest guy, but that top end speed is something that really, really impressed a lot of people as he was going through the recruiting process. And it is a shame that he didn't have that senior year because he could have really catapulted himself up even higher. But um, it just shows kind of what we thought about him as a prospect for him to not really move. Obviously, you know, an injury like that, um, you could fall off a little bit um, as far as your you know ability to be explosive. But he's clearly shown that he has that explosiveness. And I think he's kind of a dark horse to factor into this running back rotation as a freshman. Yeah, it'll be interesting because right now John Emery is focused on academics. Josh Williams is hurt or at least coming back from injury. And uh, it's only been Noah Kane and Armani Goodwin's hurt. And he's not even coming back till fall camp is what Kelly said. So you've only got Trey Holly and Noah Kane out there right now. Uh, it's not like you've got four healthy running backs and they're kind of running away with impressing Frank Wilson. It's kind of, hey, look, we've got two guys healthy. All of y'all are going to have to chip in. So, yeah, I think that I don't know how big of a role and certainly injuries can come into play or, you know, whatever with other guys. But I do think Caleb Jackson could play some uh, as a freshman. Yeah, we'll uh, see how that goes. Obviously, a lot of uh, different options in that running back room for the LSU staff to work through and and see how they develop over the summer and, of course, in fall camp. But uh, a guy that LSU is all over um, right now, an unsigned guy, an uncommitted prospect, 2025 running back. James Simon was back at LSU for a midweek visit uh, this week, uh, catching uh, practice on Tuesday and, and being able to uh, get around uh, the coaching staff a little bit more, probably took in the parade uh, potentially. Uh, this was uh, a very welcomed visit. He's been on campus now a couple times. He's taken in games. Uh, he earned the offer earlier this spring. Uh, LSU's putting the full court press on uh, James Simon. I think he's one of the best running backs uh, in his class and his ranking on on three reflects that as well. He's a great combination of size and, and, you know, power uh, and LSU uh, to get him on campus. That was a welcome sign this week. Yeah, he did. They attended the women's uh, national championship parade and uh, a lot of the, in fact, all the staff, Brian Kelly, um, personnel staffers all were over there uh, sitting on the floor and I saw they had a number of recruits with him. So uh, those guys took in uh, that. He also took in practice. I want to note this because I think it's uh, it just drives home. We've got him as the number eight running back uh, in the country, Billy. As you said, the only site right now that's got him ranked, but to debut that high shows he's the real deal. We've talked about this 2025 running back class in Louisiana, and it's really deep. Like I could give you six or seven names of guys who are going to play high-level college football, but at the top right now is James Simon and Harlem Berry. And Barry's ranked as the number two running back in the country. He's a Jamal Charles type. If you like have never seen this kid plays speed, shiftiness, cut, ability, all that. Like he's got it all. He's freaky. What I think separates Simon and, and makes him unique as well is he's already six foot 200, north of 200. And I saw he was at practice and he took a picture with the only running backs that were out there, Noah Kane and Trey Holly. But Look, Trey Holly's on the shorter side, so he's taller than Trey Holly. But Noah Kane's a legit 5'10", a little north of 5'10", and he had a couple inches on Noah Kane, and he was thick. So for a high school junior not to look out of place standing next to a couple, you know, currently college SEC-type running backs, he's going to end up being a kid who I think fills out well and just looks the part. So if I'm eligible what they're doing right now, I'm all over them. Come in for midweek visits, multiple day stays, whatever it takes get him to campus because his recruitment is going to take off. Yeah, he he was also at uh, TCU in Texas recently. Uh, he'll make some other visits. Uh, I think he's eyeing some Oregon, Texas A&M. And look, he's going into his junior year, so there's a lot of time on this one. But um, there, there are a lot of ties to Louisiana with his family. There's a lot of people on staff that, you know, he's been in contact with uh, for a while. So I like the, the foot that LSU is putting forward uh, to get – James Simon, um, you know, on board and, and try to show him just how big of a priority he is. Uh, he wasn't the only prospect that LSU's had on campus as of late. Uh, they had another round of junior day visitors on campus last weekend. Uh, Shay, this is a group that I think really stuck out to me because for the most part, all of them were really high profile targets for them. And when we are trying to kind of watch how this this recruiting class could shape up, we look at weekends that, you know, really um, 
can can kind of set the tone for a class. And I like what this weekend was. I it wouldn't shock me uh, if there were uh, some commitments out of this weekend. Obviously, we had uh, we saw Aaron Burrell jump on board already, but they had some of their commitments like Tavion Galloway, Ahmad Bro, um, and, and Kyrie Lee back on campus. But this was a pretty talented group of players that uh, was back in Baton Rouge. Yes, and as the rundown says, we have to each give our biggest takeaway. I don't want to steal yours if you already have your answer because this is someone you did write. You wrote the article on him and conversations with him and with others at On3. Jeremy Johnson wrote an article on him as well. Leading me to believe that they had a really big weekend with Christopher Jackson. And this is a kid who, coming out of Georgia, 6'4", 225, edge rusher, meaning that, you know, B.J. Ojolari position, top 10 on On3, top 10 edge rusher, same, number eight on the on three industry rankings and on, on three and a top 100 player on, on three. When I look at an offer list, Billy in a lead group, that's like Bama, Georgia, Clemson, and then LSU's trying to get in the mix. You're like, man, that's going to be tough for a kid from Georgia. He spoke so highly of LSU and then added in, I'm not trying to dream school, a uh, death nail y'all here for the recruit Knicks who every time a kid says LSU is his dream school and he's not from Louisiana, he doesn't actually go to LSU. But he talked it up in a way of like, hey, look, from middle school on, I've been all about LSU. And now that I finally got to see it, they have an official visit locked in. I love the staff. I feel great about things. So it went to a point where I thought, okay, they really did make a big impression on him. And this is the type of guy you've got to land in classes to be considered elite and get top five recruiting classes beyond just getting Louisiana talent. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. And, and as soon as you started to move toward uh, quote unquote, stealing it and uh, look, you're the one that had him in your prediction piece um, earlier this month or last month when we, when we dropped them. So um, you at least had the beat on them starting to really trend up for him. Uh, and you're right. He did speak very highly of LSU and, now he's going to be back for an official visit. Uh, he hasn't locked in that date just yet, but he said that is one that I know for sure uh, I'm going to take. Now there's Georgia, there's Clemson, there's a bunch of other schools after him. I mean, he's a top 100 prospect on on three, but I think I I, I completely agree with you. Um, this is one of those guys that when the state doesn't give you that elite, elite, uh, you know, high end pass rusher, you've got to go out in the region and go go get one. They've got some work to do with Colin Simmons, the five-star edge. They've got a lot of edge prospects on their board that they're working on. So LSU has been recruiting Chris Jackson really well um, from a state that uh, LSU has been recruiting well. So I think that is one of the biggest takeaways from the weekend. I'll go on the defensive line, but more interior. Um, I did speak with Alex January's dad, uh, the Duncanville, Texas defensive lineman who is a Texas legacy. His dad, Mike, played linebacker for the Longhorns, and Texas does lead the on-three recruiting prediction machine. But Mike January and his wife are both from Lake Charles. His grandparents are all there. Um, a lot of their family is all there. I think that's an underrated aspect of this recruitment. And after the weekend, and th this is, mind you, without a defensive line coach in place, um, he told me that LSU is going to be one of those schools that they take an official visit to. The other Texas. He's got his Texas visit locked in. LSU is getting some dates together and they're going to get a visit on uh, the schedule with him. But going into that visit, he, he Mike told me, hey, we're watching how this visit goes with LSU. We obviously have the ties to the area. I like what LSU's done from a perspective of developing defensive linemen through the years and their history overall. If they impress, we're going to be back. And sure enough, LSU did. And uh, he was really I think most impressed with the way Brian Kelly has handled not having a defensive line coach because Alex January was a guy that Jamar Kane was all over. You know, he was really pushing hard there. They had this visit locked in before he ultimately took the job at the Broncos. But for him to still come and come away that impressed, I think that stood out. I'm not sitting here saying they're going to get him just yet, uh, but they, I think, made a big move in his recruitment. Um, to get them in that conversation. And, you know, I think there will be another team that pops in there for an official visit for sure, but uh, that wasn't guaranteed by any means. They've got some other unofficials to take, 
but LSU now is really you know right in the mix with the Longhorns to land them. It's wild to think right now. Um, you're probably too close to it to really appreciate, consider you're a Dallas guy. But you just said, we know, about Colin Simmons being one of LSU's top edge rush targets. You just talked about Alex January. We're about to, in the next coming up segment, answering some mailbag questions, talk about Gaden Durham. LSU's offered Kadavian, what, Dotson Walker? Yep. As well. Safety. And they lead the on three RPM for the four star safety. What do they all have in common? They all go to Duncanville. Does du Duncanville has no business losing any football games. If I can just name you four guys in one podcast that we're going to talk about with one SEC school. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they they That's why they were able to finally get over that hump and win state. I mean, they've got a quarterback in Keelan Russell in 2025 that I think LSU should take a look at too. Um, he's ranked as a four-star prospect. Uh, he can really flick the ball um, really well and um, – I mean, the, the talent Duncan they the, just keeps going. Are they the best team in Texas? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, they, they're the defending state champs at the highest level, and they just keep finding talent, getting talent. Um, Coach Samples over there does a great job of that. And um, they're also one of the best staffs to deal with. Um, I'm looking forward to when they ramp up spring ball here in a couple weeks and going down there and uh, getting to spend uh, the day at Duncanville. Uh, there's plenty of interviews to go around. Uh, down there at Duncanville. Yeah, that's four guys LSU's offered, at least in yep. this class, that yep. are all the same age. More more on the way. I think they also have an offer out to four-star safety in the 2025 class, Tyron Polly, uh, already, too. So the, the pipeline at Duncanville, they're trying to build it. They're trying to get it off the ground, and uh, for good reason. They keep uh, turning out some talent down there. So, uh, Shay, the pipeline that we've got going is Bengal Tiger subscribers jumping all over Rogue Shop. RogueShop.com, promo code BengalTiger for 10% off your entire order. Check them out. Uh, it is our partner for CBD, Delta 8, um, all your tinctures, all your pain creams, pre-rolls, gummies. Um, if you have struggles with sleeping, anxiety, um, and pain in general, Look them up, rogueshop.com. Richard and Char do a tremendous job. And um, it just seems like every week we're seeing more and more Bengal Tiger subscribers talk about all the quality items that they have from the small craft cannabis uh, store that you can order from wherever and support a veteran-owned business and a, and a small business at that as well. I've got my story from this week. Uh, I think we talked on like Tuesday, maybe it was, but... Uh, we were both slow getting going. And I was like, Dash, you didn't sleep last night. You're like, oh, neither did I. Like, I was restless all night. And I then Googled. I was like, I usually, oddly enough, it, I feel like my sleep patterns are odd when it's a full moon. Well, it wasn't a full moon until the next day. It's actually the pink moon on Wednesday. It was very pretty. But I took about a little more than a half. I'd say three quarters of one of the CBD gummies. Lights out all night. Woke up at 6.30 when my alarm went off, felt good, battled through the pink moon, didn't stay up. Dogs were probably restless, didn't even phase me. So uh, my, I can uh, definitely double down that this week the uh, rogue shop came through because I got a very good night of sleep on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, I uh, did the same uh, last night as well and was able to uh, make up for that restless night on uh, Tuesday night. And so feeling refreshed today. And uh, that is uh, in part thanks to Rogue Shop. Um, they're custom formulated uh, edibles with cannabis, um, vitamins, and plant materials. It's all done in-house um, by hand. So it's not a big production. It is a small business owned by uh, veteran and Richard and his wife, Char. So support RogueShop.com. They've been great partners uh, for us. And uh, we continue to uh, hear good things coming out of Bengal Tiger subscribers as well. So promo code Bengal Tiger. Check them out, RogueShop.com. Shay, we talked about Duncanville, and we're going to go right back to them um, as we begin our mailbag segment of the podcast. Yeah. If you if you missed the mailbag, we actually did the mailbag with Maddie B and I, uh, which will be the episode right before this one. If you're on your stream or Spotify or Apple or whatever you're uh, watching on, but uh maddie b lays down a firm rule of no recruiting questions allowed and every week everyone breaks them um with no regard uh so this week i just grabbed them and brought them onto the recruiting pod so that we'd have a little more to talk about yeah sometimes we need that um, break up 
break up the monotony of uh, spring. So uh, the first prospect we're going to talk about is Caden Durham uh, out of Duncanville. Um, he's one of the best running backs in the country. Um, and the question comes from Go23, as you see his profile there um, on the screen if you're watching on YouTube now. Caden Durham has been very active on social media posting about LSU lately. Do you guys have any idea whether he's close to announcing a commitment and what are LSU's odds to land him? And I think Shay and I are kind of split on this one. So you want to go first, Shay? Well, they're better than that 1.2% odds. Correct. I, I do believe if you're looking at the on three RPM, um, does he have any predictions in on Oklahoma? Is that why that's so heavy? Because he's been to LSU some. Yes. Our buddy Sam Spiegelman uh, put that one in, uh, that prediction in right around the state championship. Okay. That so. looked like I saw December. Okay. What's changed for me since then that would lead me to believe LSU's in a good spot? I would think that first and foremost, they offered him in track. And he has been, let's see, active in track this spring. Um, gosh, he's he's a quick kid. Now, we talked about Caleb Jackson. Caleb Jackson's 5'10", north of 215. Uh, if you're looking there, he's listed at 5'9", 195, Durham. But he's got... 1049, 1044, another 1044 at Texas Relays, um, which was what this past weekend, a week ago to start out the month of April. So a kid that can absolutely fly. And when LSU offered him in track, and I think that's what Go23 is referencing too, because I went and looked on his social media to see what he was talking about. And it was retweeting pretty much everything that LSU track and field was up to at Texas Relays and different events. So uh, and the, you know, LSU's rankings coming in. And then I think he tweeted about LSU women's basketball. So I think that he was already high on LSU, but I think that him having a chance to play football and run track at a really big school, and that would being LSU is why right now you're seeing a lot of LSU buzz around him. I think that makes a ton of sense. And he is going to be back at LSU uh, later this month uh, for a visit. So that's going to be an important moment in this recruitment. Um, I'm interested to see what the general buzz is around him as we uh, put that visit in the rearview mirror. He has been back to Oklahoma, which I think is the big competitor for LSU in this one. Um, you know, so that is something to watch. Oklahoma is another school with Emmett Jones as their wide receivers coach now. He's a Dallas legend um, when it comes to your know, recruiting, and he started as a high school coach in Dallas. So, that is where a lot of the buzz is really, I think, from that side of things coming from. Uh, but uh, they didn't even have Emmett Jones on the staff uh, before you know Sam put that prediction in right around the state championship. So um, I think it's going to be an interesting battle. I think if they can get Caden Durham on, on board, that would be, one, a terrific land. I, I love the speed he brings. He's um, We talked about Harlan Berry kind of being like Jamal Charles, I think. Caden Durham has kind of some of those tendencies too, just with his speed and size. And if you can get him um, on board, that might really push that door open for all the Duncanville kids to really, really, really start to, you know, potentially join that LSU class. LSU hasn't kicked the door in on Duncanville just yet. They've, they've been working it for a while and now we're going to see, um, with a guy like Caden Durham, if they can make that move and and start, you know, really getting those kids out of uh, South Dallas. And Oklahoma does recruit Duncanville well, if I'm not mistaken, right? I mean, it seems you always see Oklahoma at Duncanville recruiting kids. I'm scrolling through Caden Durham's social media, but I don't think any other schools offered him a track scholarship. Which yeah, I think is obviously notable. That that is that is big. I mean, if he hasn't reported it, I'll uh, when we talk with him, uh, we go down to Duncanville. We'll we'll kind of see where he's at with other schools and running track. But I I agree. I think that that's a unique factor in in this recruitment that LSU can offer him for sure. So we'll keep an eye on it. But I do think because twenty twenty five is so stacked in Louisiana, Billy, and we just talked about James Simon and Harlan Berry, and uh, there'll be a number of others. Deshaun Ford. There's a lot of guys in the class in Louisiana alone that are good enough to play at LSU. It makes it feel like this cycle, which is the cycle in between of 2024, you just signed two running backs and Trey Holly and Caleb Jackson. You got this year and the next year, you've got all these Louisiana guys that Frank Wilson can go out there and swing for kind of whoever he feels like may be the best fit. And 
seems to me right now, Caden Durham has moved into that top spot. I, I don't see them like pressing 10 running backs at the moment. It seems like he's talking to a handful of guys and they'll see where the dominoes fall because they know either way they're going to be good. Yeah, completely agree with you on that. Um, and, and we'll see how it falls. Um, he'd be a good one to land. And then, you know, you push all your chips in on 2025 if you don't. Next question, next couple questions uh, comes from Iowa City Tiger. Which non-in-state recruit is next? Uh, is the next to pop to commit? Do you see the dominoes starting to fall uh, this spring or summer like last season? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You want me to go first? I'll pick Jelani Watkins. You already know my answer, so I'll just yep. tell the people. Um, I'll look at you. Yeah, Billy wasn't that quick with it. He had it pulled up. Uh, okay, so if you're on YouTube, there's Jelani Watkins. Uh, not very bold of me on the on three RPM. He's LSU's got a commanding lead. I believe, I think I am one of the picks actually. So I think that he, I'm picking him because right now, Billy, most every kid, is that my prediction or no? No, no predictions. Okay. No predictions. That's just a leader. Yeah. That's the only, he's kept things really low key. So there's not he's visited like four times. where he's gone. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I'm picking him. Um, I know from talking to people that he's not only visited a ton, but the visits have gone very well, increasingly well over time. Um, he's a take, like Hankton would take a commitment from him. And so many of the kids right now are in that process of setting up summer official visits. And they'll talk about it on record. I'm doing these visits in the spring, then I'm taking these officials in the summer. And that's why you always see a big wave of commits right before kids start their senior year. Um, if you're asking me who commits next, I've got to pick a kid who's not talking about any of that. So I'll pick Jelani Watkins, a kid who doesn't say much about anything ever. I, I like the pick. Uh, if I was picking a receiver, uh, that would be the one as well. So um, like him, very, 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 very fast prospect out of the Houston area. And uh, LSU's done a really nice job recruiting him as well. So I will go with uh, a state that LSU is recruiting well. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, and that is in Georgia. Um, and Shay, you actually have the prediction in here, um, and I haven't made mine yet, but I'm inching closer to making a prediction for Marcus Moskal uh, out of the Atlanta area, goes to South Gwinnett. Um, he's a high, th high three-star, could move up a little bit more, in my opinion, um, as people see more and more of him. But um, LSU has hosted him for – uh, unofficial visits. He's going to take an official. He's made some other trips uh, elsewhere, but the buzz that I've gathered at least is that it's a, it's a, he's a prospect that I think LSU would take and they're still swinging for the fences at a lot of different spots. If they got Mos Moscow on board, that would give them, and he's a tackle on, on three, but I, I think he might be either more of a right or potentially even an inside guy at the next level. That would give you Kyrie Lee, who's an inside guy, and then Marcus Moskal, who does have some versatility, but I like him on the inside. And then you can kind of keep swinging for the fences with a bunch of these guys that they've had on campus and um, also have high interest from. So um, I'm going to go with Marcus Moskal. He's not really talking about it too much. He's one of those guys that I think talks about it, but might not be about it in that sense of, of doing the whole song and dance with officials. But We'll see. At the very least, I could see him coming back to LSU for a summer official, and maybe that's when it happens. So, um, but to answer the second question, which was, do I think we see kind of a wave of commitments? I think we've seen the wave of, you know, commitments. We saw Collage Cobbins, we saw Ahmad Bro, Aaron Burrell. Now, there aren't too many more that I would sit there and say they're going to get him on board here relatively soon. Um, Maybe, maybe somebody like a Kobe Young, if they were, if everything checked out with him and, and they were ready. So I think we're going to see that run in July, like we saw um, last recruiting cycle again. 
Yeah, I'm on board with you. Um, obviously, a bulk of the class is going to come from Louisiana, or traditionally does. You mentioned three kids right there in a row who committed from Louisiana, and I'm with you. That sort of puts a stop to it for the moment, unless they hand out some new offers. Look, Deshaun McBride, Joel Rogers, those guys got offered. They could well pop this spring, and that gives you more. But yeah, right now, the top four players in the state on the on three industry rankings. Dominic McKinley, Tradez Green, Wardell Mack, and Tylen Singleton. I don't think those any of those guys are committing this week or next week or you know whenever it might be. So I'm with you. I think it's maybe you pop a couple more guys in the coming months, but it's going to get heavy in June and and then really more so in July. Yeah, I think so too. And and with Louisiana guys, I mean maybe there, this isn't this isn't necessarily proven by any means, but. There's the group that no gets early, and then there's the group that, you know, takes it kind of right before that senior year. So, like, Shelton Sampson, Colin Jackson, guys like that. Um, and I think some of the guys that are up at the top of the state could be ones that we see that from. But uh, you mentioned uh, Deshaun McBride. I I'm with you. I think he could be one uh, that, that pops, um, you know, on that front. Um, so. Um, you know, we'll continue to uh, track those guys and see when their decision timeline is. But Shay, we are going to break into the podcast. A little breaking news here. You're all right with that? I don't know. What was it? Oh, wait. Now I'm looking at my text. Oh, okay. I, I already knew about this news. Yes. Matt, we did. Matthew Matt, told us before. Maddie okay, B yeah. was all over this one. We're going to take a little break from the, pop, the mailbag questions. 2024 Lafayette Christian Academy point guard uh, Jada Richard committing to LSU um, on uh, Thursday now. Um, so this is uh, really their first commitment in the 2024 class. They come off the national championship game. Um, they had L they had uh, Richard on campus multiple times, and they go ahead and get her on board uh, to, to be the leader of this 2024 class. So LSU dipping in uh, to the Lafayette area for this one, Shay. Yeah, I'm going to – with Lafayette, I'm going to guess her last name's Richard. Yeah, um, what am I talking? But I'm I've done about? this before, and I've been wrong. I called Therald Simon, Therald Simone, for like two years, just because he was from Eunice, and then he showed up to campus and was like, "That's not my name." The the breaking news part. I mean, this is this is the first time I've I've uttered her her name, so uh, we'll have to have her on. The Billy's podcast. not deep into the Acadiana Junior women's basketball scene. Uh, did you see that three straight uh, state titles? Um, yeah, right there for her. She's at LCA. I think football just won like four straight before this year. So they're rolling over there at LCA. No doubt. Um, so big pickup for Kim Mulkey. Um, that is uh, the breaking news of the podcast that we wanted to share with you guys. So the national championship vibes and run keeps going for them uh, in a big way. Um, Shay, our next question comes from Iowa City. Tiger, right? Uh, again. And he asked, there are a ton of wide receivers with high interest in LSU. Which four or five are you taking? All right. So we both did our mock 1.0 breakdown on, I just had it open, March 23rd. And you did yours March 22nd. So we are a couple of weeks removed. I'm not sure how much my list has changed. And my list was... A kid who's already committed in JoJo Stone, um, Kobe Young, who you had pulled up right there, which is my only other Louisiana addition at this time. I do think I continue to hear there's some Louisiana receivers out there. They might move on. So my list would shuffle if they make an offer to another Louisiana guy. But Jelani Watkins, who I already mentioned in this podcast and picked as my potential next commitment. Uh, Bryant, Wesco, and Draylon Miller. I actually am probably higher on Draylon Miller maybe than Wesco. Wesco is more of a long-term bet that LSU might be able to win out. I think that Draylon Miller is coming off an LSU visit. I would not be surprised if LSU had slightly pulled ahead of Texas A&M. So I'm going, I'm just going to stick with those. Not, not moving off it yet. Uh, my list was Kobe Young, uh, Bradell Richardson, who uh, goes to my high school in Tampa, Carolwood Day. Bryant Wesco, Jelani Watkins, and JoJo Stone. So not too much difference outside of Bradell uh, being in there on that on mine. Um, yeah, I had Draylon, and and you had Draylon. So I think for me, and this is where 
this is where it gets tough. Um, you know, Draylon Miller is um, a classic LSU A&M recruiting battle. And I think LSU has certainly grabbed a good bit of buzz as of late in his recruitment. But the thing with Draylon and what I kind of want to find out more about is when is he going to have a decision? What's his true timeline? Because if he's one of those kids that maybe is going to kind of be quiet about it and maybe make a decision here relatively soon, then I think that does kind of bode well for LSU. But at the same time, the longer this one drags out, I think it gives AM just a little bit more time uh, to continue to, to recruit him um, and, and work him because he's been on their campus quite honestly, just as much as LSU's and um, he'll be back there as well. So that one is, is a really tough call um, right now on, on uh, who could win out. Didn't LSU offer him in basketball? They did. So they're like I, really pulling out all these side stops to get him. And yeah, I, th- I think the, the basketball thing for me, like that's cool, but we've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah, nobody's doing both. Nobody's doing both and, and doing it at a high level. So, I mean, he might be able to come on a visit and take the picks and do all that with Matt McMahon and his staff, but it just doesn't, if that's what wins out in his recruitment, I'd be surprised. Same. No, I'm just saying LSU clearly is like, yeah, let's pull all, every stop we can pull. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I agree. And the, another guy they should be doing that for, um, although um, I guess he would be a triple jumper, uh, is Bryant Wesco. Um, obviously a top 25 prospect on on three. You can see 24-7 has him up in the top 10. Um, but Charles Power uh, led the way on him, you know, having him on uh, as a you know five star very early, early on. Now he's one of the best receivers in the country. I would probably if I had to do another mock draft, mock, uh, mock class today, I'd probably take him out um, just because he did come off the visit and I interviewed him and he enjoyed his time. There's no doubt about that. But he you know, said the two officials he knows he's going to take. And this is right off the LSU visit were Oklahoma and Clemson. And so for them to not be in that group just right off the bat, it was, I agree with you. It's kind of a long-term play, um, you know, that, that you would think maybe LSU can get the official, which I think they will in the end. Um, and then finally make that move for him on the official. Yeah, well, here's my thing. A lot of these top 10 receivers are super talented. I'm not picking him just because he's a Texas kid. And, and nor did you have him in there. It's because his dad went to Destrehan High. His dad ran track at La Tech. His dad's in the Hall of Fame at La Tech. So the Louisiana ties are there for a kid who's living in Midlothian now. Um, that's why I thought LSU could maybe over time really kind of get in with the family and get in with him. But by no means, I agree with you. I think that they'd be running third at least right now. Yeah, and and look, that's okay. LSU got involved, I mean, a little bit late um, compared to TCU and Oklahoma. Um, TCU seems like they might be fading a little bit though in that in that regard. Um, but you know, Clemson offensive coordinator Garrett Riley had a little bit of a relationship there with him, um, and that's why Clemson's kind of been able to to make a move in there as well. But um, Oklahoma still might be tough to beat on that one, but we'll see. I mean, the only thing you can do is keep getting them on campus for visits and. Uh, hope you secure one of those officials and and go from there. I'm trying to think if, if there's a receiver that I would kind of slide in, considering um, Bryant Wesco is, would be one I would slide out. Um, I'm I, I I really struggle to find one. You know, the one that would probably have a good bit of buzz right now, um, but is going to be a really hard recruitment um, just in general to read would be. Um, and I'm pulling up pulling him up right now for those on YouTube, but Arian Hampton, uh, he just transferred to Carthage high school. One of the the top programs in the state of Texas. Uh, they always win a state championship. It seems like, um, but he's somebody that is going to be back at LSU again. And, um, I think that LSU is going to hang in there in that recruitment, but he's going to be a hard one to win. But if I had to make a mock class right now, I probably wouldn't have Wesco in it. And instead I 
would swap in uh, maybe an Aaron Hampton. Has he been committed to two schools already? Yes, or Texas twice. That's just going to be a last – that's like musical chairs there. It's just last team standing is going to get him. Yeah, and I mean to give you guys a little bit of a look, here's his upcoming visits. Uh, he's got official visits to Texas and Alabama in June, but then next weekend he's going to UTSA for an official visit. And I will say this: Jeff Trailer is a legendary East Texas high school football coach. I don't think they can win out on that recruitment, but I, I will say Jeff Trailer is like a god out there um, in East Texas. So maybe a wild card. Uh, in that recruitment, which sums that one up pretty well overall. I'm I'm going to stick with my prediction that a Louisiana player beyond Kobe Young gets an offer and is in the class. I, like I don't that. know who it'll be, but that's my prediction. I, I like it a lot. Uh, that's usually a safe bet, so we'll go with that. And finally, um, we're going to jump into one more question here from Misled Alarm. Uh, how many true linebackers, no jacks, uh, do they take in this cycle? I think the answer's got to be at least three. They're very short on true middle linebackers. You have Harold Perkins, if you're counting him there. Spates is only here for this year, so you can't count him on a, any future roster. Uh, Greg Penn would be older in his career by the time this whole recruiting class gets to campus. Uh, then you've got the two Weeks brothers. So, And then Christian Braithwaite will be getting to campus this summer. So not a lot of guys. Like You should be carrying more than that. I'll go three, but then they've already got Xavier Ad. They've they've already got three committed. Actually, if it, it, this whole question depends on where you consider, like, do you consider Collage Cobbins an edge, or do you consider him a linebacker? I think LSU considers him a linebacker. So, with Xavier Atkins, Devon Keys, and Collage Cobbins, my prediction of at least three is not very bold. They're are all committed already. Yeah, I think so. Devon Keys is your true linebacker um, in in the class, and as is. Xavier Atkins, but Xavier Atkins, I'm very intrigued to see what happens with his recruitment. And if he does back off that pledge, he hasn't, he's been back to LSU, um, but he was also doing that seven on seven tournament that same weekend. So um, that will be one to watch. I'd like to see him get back at some point this spring for a true visit or get back in the summer um, and get back around this program because um, that that recruitment is just one that is starting to kind of, you know, maybe be one to watch a little bit more on the decommitment front. Um, but we'll see. But Devon Keys, they've got on board. And then Collage Cobbins is the one that I think I think he ends up being an edge. I, I just think his his pass rush ability um, is, is probably something that LSU covets just a little bit more in that regard as far as his game goes. Um, and I, I feel like that's where he ends up. I don't know if it's. Um, you know, necessarily the the best fit just yet. Um, but I think it's a little bit better than playing a true middle linebacker. It'll, and look, he's, I talked to his head coach, Destrahan. They said they're going to play more at linebacker this year to try to see what he has, improve his coverage skills. So we'll get a better feel for that as time goes on. Certainly the big name in Louisiana is going to be Tylen Singleton because he's the highest ranked Louisiana linebacker. He's got an LSU offer. He's been, um, what LSU leads the on three RPM. Uh, that's probably a pretty accurate reflection too of maybe not percentage wise, but of the teams that are kind of in the mix, Tennessee is starting to get a little more in the mix here too, but you would, I don't know. I don't, I think I've, uh, I did put Tylen Singleton in my prediction piece, my mock 1.0. I don't know for sure that he's going to end up at LSU and they haven't landed a Manny player in some time and actually got him signed. So I don't know. If it's not him, I think it's going to be someone that we aren't even talking about. Like Braithwaite popped up in the middle of a senior season. So I think it's going to be Singleton, and then you get to like three or four, or you find a guy that sort of pops up over the summer and fall. Yeah, and look, he was supposed to uh, be on campus this past weekend for uh, junior day, and he shuffled his plans uh, instead, and he went uh, – I don't think he went anywhere. I'm no, not- yeah, went to TCU in March, and then I think – AM or Arkansas is this weekend. Uh it is uh Arkansas this weekend. He's yeah. been to he's been to AM. He's been to Tennessee. That one moved the needle. He's been to TCU. Um, and so he'll be back for the spring game, is his plan. So, you know, they're still in it. And 
they're very much a factor. Like I, I, I think the board's going to go nuts when they hear this part of the podcast. Um, thankfully, it's the last question. But um, I, I think he's maybe a little bit more open than even we kind of realized. I mean, Thailand was kind of considered or could still be the anti kind of tacket Curtis, you know, the, the guy that's really going to give LSU that that shot. And I think he is, but just not swinging down th- for that junior day and just kind of shuffling the plans. It's kind of like, all right, now it's been a minute since he's been on campus. So I want to see him make the visit on April 22nd and then LSU start picking up some steam and, you know, bringing him in for an official if they need to in the summer, which they don't new- usually like to do with the Louisiana guys, but He's, I think he's a really, really good player. So um, I, I think he's somebody they've got to uh, to land, and especially if you know they do end up losing a guy like Xavier Atkins, you've got to go out and land Tylen Singleton. Yeah, and and look, Matt House, the DC and the linebackers coach, has been out to Manny High a ton to see Tylen. Tylen's been to campus a number of times since House has been here. So they're yeah, they're in it. I would, I'm not going to say any Manny player is like 100, no doubt, like that guy's going to end up at LSU. I don't think that, but. I do think this is their best shot in a, a while of getting one of the guys and getting them committed. So we'll see if it's not, again, if it's not him, it'll by that time, we'll have already known about some other linebackers. I, that's one position right now that I don't doubt they'll do well recruiting at the cycle because they're already off to a good start. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. Th- I, I think three to four might be a safe bet to answer yeah. the question. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Three, four. Yeah. So With that, guys, that wraps up this edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. Please quit, uh, or excuse me, keep uh, hitting that subscribe button. We're well over 3,400 subscribers now on uh, the YouTube channel, so appreciate you guys on that. And also, thank you to all of you guys who signed up on our $1 for a month promo deal. Um, We'll keep you guys in the loop. There's another promo coming up, but uh, thank you to you guys who have signed up for TheBengalTiger.com. Keep it locked on the Bengal Tiger for all the latest recruiting news and uh, be sure to uh, stay tuned for next week's edition of the podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. And uh, thanks for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.